Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Rich Pareko, who you will see on the back page of Glass Canada magazine, each and every issue in his That's Rich column. Rich also does a number of extremely exciting marketing and consulting relating things in the glazing and glass industry, all over BC mostly, but uh, everywhere really. Uh, and uh, he's here with us today for our little recap of 2022 top stories. We're just going to have a, a light conversation here to, uh, well, by the time you listen to this to start off 2023. Rich, how you doing, pal? Good day, Patrick. I'm doing great. And yeah. yourself? I'm doing quite well. Uh, we've already compared uh, weather notes, but uh, Rich is um, trying to stay on the road because you know what happens to BC drivers when there's more than uh, an inch of snow. And oh no, he's making a face. <laughs> it's chaos. It's chaos. Pat. You know, it's actually, it was worse uh, a week or two ago when we only had a dusting of snow and it was gridlock. I saw all sorts of reports of people being stranded in their vehicle overnight. And that was literally two or three inches so I think oh, we, no. my backyard, we have about 16 inches, which I think is keeping all the Teslas and e-vehicles at home right now. So, <laughs> you know, park I'm your Tesla, park your yeah, Tesla, like, Vancouver. Yeah, you're not driving your Tesla today, I'll tell you that. Well, we, were, we I was just talking about, as I was saying, I was just talking about that with uh, with, 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 with a rental guy. He said, it, it, it was, uh, I was talking to a guy from Regina. It's minus 37 out there. He says, uh he says, "Yeah, hey, great. I'll send my send your electric lift out in that." He said, "It'll be about an hour and a half before you have to charge the thing again." So, uh, you know, totally. uh, absolutely, yeah. There's, there's still we're 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 still going to need diesel and gas uh, uh, motors uh, for uh, for a little while yet. I think uh, you do. You do, and uh, I mean, like this is what happened. Vancouver was a perfect example of that a few weeks ago. Even though I I, I don't have a problem with e vehicles at all, I no, would like, I'd love them. I'd like to get one myself. Yeah, if if the if the lineup if the line wasn't so long, I would probably have one by now. Waiting list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just, you know, you just wonder what you just wonder what happens in those circumstances, and uh, not a not a great day to be up on the side of a building today, uh, uh, either in this uh, in this weather. Not that anyone is. So yeah. uh, listen, let's get let's get into the glass stuff. Top stories for well, first of all, Rich, let, let, let me let me let me throw it to you. Uh, uh, if someone said to you, "What's the big what What was the big thing that happened in 2022 in the glass industry? What uh, What springs to top of mind for you?" Well, there's there's a few. I mean, uh, we kind of alluded to it there with the uh, waiting list for the Teslas. The supply chain hasn't really still caught up, you know. And whether it is in uh, for glass and, and materials, it's uh, it's labor. It's it's the whole whole 2021. We're still having the hangover from that, and uh, I know you know that's that's been an ongoing thing. Um, it's getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. Um, the thing that concerns me about it is, is, is in order to break the supply chain bottle, I mean, I mean, really, the only sort of structural way to do that is there has to be investment, right? People have to be uh, people have to be spending uh, on their plant, on their distribution chain, on the on on trucks, on warehouses, on on new plants, on bringing. Uh, uh, production back from offshore and having it done here, uh, all of that costs money, costs investment. It has a it has a sticker price up front, yeah. right? Um, in an era in a, in a, in an atmosphere of low interest rates, um, that uh, can be done. Uh, yeah. That is not that hard to do. Uh, you can borrow the money. Uh, uh, up until recently, it was free money uh, because the rates were lower than inflation, and uh, and you could you could do that kind of thing. Um, nowadays, uh, with the rate, what we just had another half point hike, um, that it, it, it not so easy. Um, no. do you think that's slowing? I, I don't know. I mean, I know you're not, you know, you're, you're not a macroeconomic economist, but I, I wonder if that slows things down. Well, I, I do uh, read economists and I follow, yeah. uh, what other smarter people have to say about that. And yes, absolutely. There's so many different factors on the play right now. And, and we just, I mean, we need to make sure that supply and demand are in check and then and, and so for here's a good, really good example uh, i was chatting with a friend of mine uh, over the weekend who's in microprocessors he works for a big 
cell radio company. Yeah. And, um, and so he's saying everybody knows about all the vehicles in uh, in the states that are waiting for these microchips and whatnot. And and apparently the buzz in his in his realm is that once all these uh, microchips are caught up, then they're worried that whether the demand is going to be there for all those vehicles that are sitting there in rented lots all across the U.S. So, you know, there's demand now for sure. There's waiting lists now. But in 2024 or 2025, you know, uh, time will tell. And, and you know, I don't want to be doom and gloom. I've been doom and gloom for two or three years now, as as everybody else has been. And so I'm 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 really optimistic and hoping that things are just going to level out. Um, as we know right now with inflation, the... Um, the interest rates hikes haven't really put a dent in it. I mean, I, I from what I've I've heard, they are slowing down and and whatnot. But what I'm seeing in my own day to day life, um, prices are still high. Uh, you know, and I know a lot of that is factored into um, price of fuel. So if right now, price of of gas in and Vancouver has kind of come down and calmed down a little bit. So apparently, that's offset inflation. But you go to the grocery store. And, and you know the same thing when with um, with uh, in the in the glass industry, the demand is still there and the prices are still high. Um, mm -hmm. So you know it's it's just it's going to take time. Um, well, I think part of it. I think part of it is that the the traditional interest rate response to inflation um, what was never going to work as well this time um, because it wasn't just it wasn't a demand side like inflation is a demand side response. There was not a demand. It was not a demand problem. Right. Uh, the inflation was coming from a supply side shortage. Yeah. It, it didn't. You couldn't get stuff for love nor money, and the lead times right. were long, no matter what it was. And so you end up with uh, you end up with something that you can't address just by tweaking the amount of uh, tweaking the amount of demand that, that that people have without basically causing a recession, which is I I think what uh, without saying so they're 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 kind of trying to do. But you know what? You know, the thing is, I, I want to echo your hopeful note, because because one of the things that's that's been coming across to me um, uh, lately, specifically on the on the industry is is, you know, the funny thing is, in the in the in the main press, it's usually um, portrayed as a as a as a woe is me sort of negative thing. Um, the, the, the things that they want us to do in terms of energy efficient retrofits and upgrades to buildings right and yeah. the stuff that the government says that it is is willing to pay for and has shown that it's willing to pay for yeah. um in terms of, of of doing that work and the absolutely colossal amount of work that is um that is out there to be done yeah. uh right so how can you not look at that uh as a as a glass person as a glazier and go wow uh you know growth potential uh, really, there's got to be right, Rich. So now, and and yeah, I mean, this is where it's complicated, and and I feel for the glazers out there because the work is there, the work is there for sure. Um, it really comes down to yeah, can you get product, and can you get people to put the product in for you, and and so for at least the next couple of years, uh, in in you know, in especially in Vancouver, stay out of Vancouver. But especially, you know, in some of these in these, some of these hot areas, it's 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 going to be steady. Um, you know, uh, the the economists say that we're technically, you know, well, I don't know if technically is the right word, but we're we're hovering around that recession mark right now. But the glass and glazing, since we're in a lagging industry, we're not going to feel it until the end of 2023. So. We'll, we'll, you know, time will tell. This time next year, when we're having the recap, um, we'll we'll see how how much it has hit. But but you know, one of the things that all of these factors have contributed to, which is, in my opinion, the true story of 2022, mm. is the 40 percent price increase. Right. Um, and I think that has been the top story. And 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 when I chat with suppliers and glazers and, and everybody in between um that's the number one factor that that has really um hit home this this year 
And so, you know, we need to tread lightly uh, as well. At least I need to tread lightly. Um, but I do know, so when I was in, in Dusseldorf, I uh, was chatting with one of the companies that put their their uh, their prices up 40%. And, uh, and uh, they uh, they kind of joked to me that uh, they said, don't forget, the other guys did it first. Right. So that's kind of been the uh, the <laughs> attitude out there right now is, is, you know, well, one guy did it, so the other guy's going to do it. And then now everybody's doing it. And so... What was it? Two days? What was it? Was it a full twenty-four hours or or forty-eight hours? Yeah, it was about forty-eight. I think hours. it was. Was it? Was it? I'm gonna. I'm gonna name names. I. I, I believe. Was it Guardian that was out first? It I was. think it was Guardian that was out first, and then and then Vitro was right in there, twenty-four, forty-eight hours, uh, and then I and I believe everyone else uh, followed suit fairly soon after. So really, it was. Uh, <sighs> You know, I, what do you call that? I mean, I mean that that that's just a that's just a correction uh, that 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 I I think structurally had to happen right across the oh, whole. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, there's no way around it. There's no, no doubt. Are they the same in Europe. Are they the same in Europe, Rich? Uh, you you've been to Dusseldorf. Yes. There, there there was some major increases in 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 uh, Europe as well. I'm not sure if they were at that forty percent mark at all. But you know, as we know in in Europe, they're struggling way more than we are with um, with the uh, illegal war in Ukraine, um, right. and 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 with the natural gas and 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 everything else that's going on. Um, so you know, glass supply is is one of those issues that they have been hammered with. Oh yeah. But, I'm 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 not completely up to speed with with the ins and outs of it, but how much uh, of their glass comes from Eastern? How much of their glass comes from Eastern Europe, anyways? It must be a lot of it, right? Because that's always is. been the lower cost manufacturing area. There is there is quite a bit, um, and and yeah, all of this has affected their um, their supply chain as well, mm. uh, and they have you know a lot of other factors that they need to, need to take into consideration. So you know when you when you think about that and you look at, at our market, you know things look pretty stable, uh, all things considered. Um, I think our glass I think our glass prices here in North America were probably somewhat. Um, somewhat depressed and suppressed yeah. to, mm -hmm. to to maintain market share for oh, yeah. uh for 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 a lot of years there i i, I know that glass prices didn't they didn't move much at all for so uh they, they didn't they were static I've, I've seen numerous charts of where uh you know flat grass prices staying static for honestly decades decades yeah. where you look at every other building material out there and they all had exponential growth in and then you know glass is just one of those ones that was flat forever and uh so so it was bound to happen it it really sh sh could have happened in a different way that uh was not wasn't overnight so here's the deal though is um in 2021 there was several price increases that were relatively hefty on their own and then and then you had another big one so it wasn't a true 40 percent increase over say 2019 um it was it was well over that well over what the prices were yeah. and um they did a pretty good job at, at rolling it out so that it applied to everybody because the, the what happens in the glass industry is super famous for this they roll out a glass uh, price increase they only give it to you know, X percent of the companies out there. And then, and then um, some of the favorites don't necessarily get hit with that same increase. And then what happens is that the, everybody finds out that, that the usual suspects aren't paying the same price and then it drives the price back down. So from what I understand, this one didn't have that in it. And it was, it was more or less across the board, which is why it's been able to stick. And uh, I think there's a, a few exceptions to that. Um, at least the rumors say, but um, for the most part, everybody's paying it, and that's that's just the way that it is. So it yeah, makes, yeah, I was it gonna makes, say it, it's yeah. tough to be a glazer these days because you got to navigate. You know, you have these prices. You have the general contractor who is constantly uh, on your on your heels, trying to you know get more work and and obviously grind you in general. You can't find employees and you can't find product. And and then to make things worse, the building building codes are constantly changing, and um, 
you know, uh, there's there's modeling and there's all sorts of different um, obstacles that they need to deal with. Even though it's a great industry and I love it. Well, it's 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 just a it's just a um, it's a bizarre set of problems to have. I mean, I I, I was telling you, uh, I, I know we were talking a while ago. Uh, I was telling you about the, the 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 findings on the on the trade tribunal about the unitized curtain wall and and one of the things they mentioned in there and I mean this is a, you know a big national tribunal that's taking a look at the whole industry and trying to trying to make a picture so they can decide whether to tear off Chinese curtain wall or not and um and and in the in the sort of the overview they had in that of the of the Canadian industry they talked a lot about how underserved it is mm-hmm. and and the fact of the matter is compared to other industries um the uh, the glass industry has 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 too few uh, companies, too few suppliers. Um, it, it's too reliant on a few big projects. And, um, and, and you know, again, in sort of, you know, business 101, you would go, wow, what a great recipe for growth and competition and more people getting in and, 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 and doing some stuff and growing and making money. And, you know, you see that here and there, but, uh, but, but fact of the matter is, you know, we, we, we definitely have this structural stuff that, um, that gets in the way. I mean, I mean, like you say, with the the energy codes and the building codes, if everyone's uh, going to have to make triples now, um, where's the glass going to come from for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I mean, I'm all over triples because that's uh, another thirty percent of uh, glass that's going to be needed. Uh, you? But you're, I mean, getting getting it, and so this is where some of those some of those um, suppliers that have the uh, that you know have the ear of their supplier they can get the product and they and and from what it sounds like it is moving there was a few hiccups here on our end uh, that that uh again i can't really get too into but the, it, it just the ripple effect of it you you don't see it until the the machine breaks down and once the machine breaks down you can you can see how and and this is to your point that there isn't enough suppliers there isn't enough uh players out there yeah yeah and so recently, I've been having a number of meetings with uh, Glazers here in, in Vancouver, and, and at one of them, one of the fabricators, he had um, an amazing point. And, and this isn't my insight, this is his, and I'd like to share his name, but I don't know if he wants me to or not. <laughs> Anyways, he mentioned, uh, we can call him Chris, Chris okay. mentioned um, that that uh glazers nowadays need to understand that you know in in historic historically uh it's always been general contractor top down and then the subcontractors and so subcontractors and glazers really need to understand now that times have changed that relationship has now flipped with the subcontractor on the top of the pyramid you know they control the the supply chain. They control the labor. They control scheduling. They control everything. The a general contractor doesn't really, you know, they think they're in control, but they're not. And so once the glazing industry can wrap their heads around that, things are going to change. And I think that some of the more sophisticated ones, and not even necessarily the larger ones, just the ones that that can see that they're calling the shots. I saw so much of that dynamic in the whole uh, discussions around the prompt payment uh, uh, stuff when 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 different provinces were were bringing those laws in. And of course, here in Ontario is where I saw it the closest. Uh, and uh, and and, you know, that the, the dynamic always was, you know, well, we're we're signing these contracts and yeah they say you know 30 days or the this length of hold back and 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 leans you know why don't you just put a lien on it you know and 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 the response from the from the subcontractor is always well you can't, I, I can't i can't do that and they'll, they'll 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 fire me they'll they'll kill me i'll never work in this town again i i'm 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 like like it was it was completely top down like 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 we are at the mercy of the gc mm-hmm. if 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 we try to insist on our rights if we try to insist to get paid yeah. we're 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 dead we're yeah. we're 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 going to we're going to be wiped out and and I I honestly look I, I'm not you know I'm not dealing with these guys I'm sure these GCs can be tough yeah. uh, I I have no doubt about that but but on the other hand I I you know yeah maybe everybody does need to need to realize a little bit you know yeah 
you, you you've got some leverage. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that can do what you do, right? Totally. totally. And that's just it. And and then and so there is really only a dozen or two dozen tops, you know, in Western Canada that that can do some of these projects. And quite often they work together. And so, you know, but then they're their own worst enemies when they're competing with one another because uh, this is where you know if um, if they just didn't take it um, and let somebody else take it. You know they'll eventually learn the lesson. Um, yeah, not to let yeah. themselves get beat up. Well, so much of it is ego, right? I don't, I don't want Bob getting that. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And so this is where I can see uh, a change. You, there is, there is um, talk out there. At Glassbuild, there was a, an awesome session on contracts, and and one of the main takeaways there was, and again, I know it's very difficult. But doing cost plus, cost plus contracts. Uh, so you may not be able to have as big of a profit in there, but you know where you're standing. You always know, and 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 it's it's a peace of mind and and, and an assurance that you're going to make a profit on this job. It may not be the profits that what you're used to, um, and then and then. Um, there's also what's known as, again, I'm not a contract specialist, but it's called cost plus with a maximum. So they they basically, it's going to be the cost plus X up to a maximum of Y. And, and uh, I mean, from where I'm sitting, I think those types of contracts make a ton of sense because it, it is in the best interest of the glazing contractor. It's also the best interest of the general contractor. And then everybody, everybody wins. And I know it's a bit kumbaya, but really you need that because if the glazing contractors continue to keep on losing it's going to it's going to put put them out of work and it's just going to mess up the industry and we need yeah. more more yeah, the funny thing you hear from the gcs is 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 they'll they'll tell you they want kumbaya and 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 they 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 they're they're sad that they don't have the the the, the nice relationships with the with the subs that they used to and 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 you know yeah. how, how much of it you can listen to i don't know but it's 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 you know that this is this is what everybody says they want so uh so you know let's let's uh let's try to uh i you know you, you <laughs> back back to russia ukraine uh appeasement uh doesn't always get you anywhere and no. uh and 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 sometimes uh sometimes a little bit of fight will uh you know maybe gain you some respect and uh, and sometimes maybe walking away, as you say, from uh, from from something that isn't right, uh, is uh, long term the best uh, the best thing you can do. I don't know. I'm not here to offer advice. Oh no, you're you're 100 right. But you know, I just uh, want to mention one thing though. Is is if there's anything else that that I mentioned today, the number one takeaway that I would have. If I was a, a glazing contractor, I'd be looking at my contract. I'd be I'd, I'd have a, a hot damn lawyer take a look at it and make sure it is in their best uh, at the very, very least look at cost escalation because I've heard some horror stories of projects that were bid and then, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't actually delivered until 12, 18 months later. And of course the, the cost has increased hugely over that, that amount of time. So you know, and and then of course, uh, up until COVID, there was all sorts of cost escalation causes, but pandemic was typically not one of those one of those causes. So these are the types of things that you know, if your contract is over a couple of years old, you really need to have a lawyer who is savvy take a look at it and can say, I mean, it's free. That that. A lawyer's uh, insight will pay for itself many, 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 many times over if you don't need to actually use that contract uh, in, in the court of law. So that's one of the takeaways I've had. And, and I really I think that there's a lot. Of, um, well, it was easy for everyone to get complacent on it because costs were so flat for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it it looked like we had seen the last of inflation. And, and, and that wasn't you know, that that just wasn't something you needed to to think about too much anymore so uh you know that that's that's i guess we all i guess we all found out how how fast that can change 
All right. What else should we talk about here? Um, uh, uh, when you were down at Glassbuild, any talking about, uh, uh, well, and also what you're seeing out there, um, embodied carbon. Yes. Um, um, it, it's 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 not here yet. In oh, it's here. It's here. Is, is, it, is it there? In, it's probably there in BC, right? It's 100%. And in every, honestly, every um, seminar, webinar, conference i've been to in the last uh couple of years it's it's been a thing so you might want to explain to uh everybody what embodied carbon is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it, it well basically uh yeah it's we've all been building uh with the idea that we need to make these uh facades and fenestration uh more insulating uh, this is to prevent operational carbon. This is to prevent the carbon that's that's created by making to make the energy that the building uses for heating and cooling. Okay, that's that's and and also to prevent air leakage. The air tightness rules to prevent leakage. Uh, so insulating and leakage has been has been the big focus. Uh, what embodied carbon does though is it looks at the carbon that is created, the CO two emissions, greenhouse gas emissions that are created in the obtaining of the materials, in the manufacturing of the materials, in the transportation of the materials, in the maintaining and servicing of the materials over their lifespan, and then in the disposal uh, uh, of the of, of the materials. So 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 it, it is it, it's looking at the entire carbon dioxide contribution of the whole of the whole thing of the, of the, of, of the whole entire picture. And the thing that I'm trying to, that I'm still honestly trying to get to the bottom of, and 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 I'm I'm lining up a speaker for top glass on this, and I'm and I'm and I'm still digging around as much as I can. And Rich, I'm going to get. I want to know what you heard at Glass Build. Um, um, are there circumstances? Are there situations where making triples, uh, using different materials, uh, doing all the things that we're doing to make the facade more insulating? do we end up adding carbon because maybe we're using more material maybe we maybe we have more glass we have more weight maybe maybe the stuff has to be shipped farther you know maybe are there are there circumstances where when you add the embodied carbon into the mix you end up with something that is that you actually end up going counter uh, uh what the other thing you know what i'm saying i'm sure i'm, I'm sure there is i mean you see some of these oversized um units coming from europe or asia and uh you know you think about some of them have like purpose-built plants that that were built just to create these oversized um windows yeah and so you know think about that like that, that's a so what did that what did that add to the environment exactly, exactly. <laughs> so for sure there absolutely there absolutely is and this is where you know some of these um other standards uh, i'm a big fan of passive house even though the windows are a lot smaller mm -hmm. um passive house is a proven system around the world that is um it has a you know a lot of benefit and and it does take embodied uh, carbon into consideration and yeah. you know and this is where I'm a big believer in buying North American uh, as much as possible just to keep that transportation uh, footprint and and carbon as as minimal as possible. Um, in general, you know it, it's it's just like. Um, buying local uh when you shop it for groceries right buying local for glazing and uh, building materials makes a lot of sense as well and so yeah you know the production process to put them in there i know glass is one of those ones that we do use a lot of energy um it, but it can also be recycled um mm -hmm. infinitely mm -hmm. and so there's 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 a lot of really strong benefits to glass, but at the same time, yeah, it, it needs to be consideration. And, and and the people that are calling the shots, the specifiers and architects, designers, developers, um, if they're really truly interested in the environmental benefits, um, they need to take into consideration, yeah, the where their products, building materials are coming from and how they're made. Uh, well, otherwise. And it was it was funny at the building show in Toronto. They they, um, you know, some of the some of the most passionate um, uh, green building uh, guys there 
were pretty impatient on embodied carbon. They didn't they didn't want to they didn't want to get into it. They weren't they weren't they weren't including it in their in their presentation. They 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 didn't want to talk about it very much. Um, and uh, well, and one of the one of the things that did come up was um, one guy showed a graph. Uh, and he showed how the 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 embodied carbon contribution is all at the start, of course, of the yeah. life cycle of whatever it is, right? It's all yeah. in the manufacturing and transport and the initial the initial uh, assembly. Uh, and then and, but the, yet the operational from the ongoing of the building, you know, goes on forever at whatever right. level it's at, right? right? So sure. you fairly swiftly overtake what right. the embodied carbon, at least in his in his opinion, what you, you sure. fairly swiftly overtake what the embodied carbon contribution is. It becomes it becomes less less significant, certainly the older the building is, uh, or the old the, the the longer it lasts. Um, but really the the, the question see, and, and none of this is a really a very new idea because lead has 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 included embodied carbon calculations in everything for, okay. for as long as it's been a, or I think at least most of the time it's been around. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess the question is, when you say it's here, are, 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 has, has Vancouver got embodied carbon regulations in yet? or Regulations, no. But the awareness, absolutely. Every okay. every talk, they, they talk about it. Is it being measured? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, well, they're so- talking about that even at the federal level in Canada. I mean, I mean, and this is down the road. But but NRCAN, I, I believe, has signaled. I'm trying to remember where I exactly saw that. It was probably in one of their um, one of their updates or one of their conferences, um, where uh, where you know they they have said they're looking at embodied carbon. They're looking at getting that into the NBC. They're looking at going the same route with all of that stuff. So, so like you get look at a glazing system that has components uh, sourced internationally. Wrap your head around how you calculate the uh, the embodied carbon. Not to say, you know, I don't want to put up obstacles because otherwise, you know, we'd still still be back in the eighties. We need to we need to try and improve. Mm-hmm. I just I just know that 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 would be challenging. It would be very very challenging. And you know, there's obviously opportunities. I think for databases um, in the future, where they might even exist now, where you can enter in your widget. And then, you know, it's like, you know, database of parts that will just have what the uh, embodied carbon is in there. But, you know, again, it sounds to me like there's also opportunities to fudge the numbers. Uh, A lot of this stuff, there's always opportunities to, you know, fudge the numbers. Um, But that's why Passive House is nice, right? Because, because, um, you know, the the product is kind of, certified and all that stuff is 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 identified i mean i mean but yeah the the paperwork for for doing embodied carbon uh reporting is significant i mean you've got to have you got to have a a pcr product category rule Mm -hmm. uh which i believe most of the major organizations the associations and places like that have already made but then you've you've got to have a life cycle analysis lca for your for your product which basically puts the product in a category so you know what your PCR is and then you put in all the particular numbers to calculate out you know what what the carbon contribution was of, e- of, of each thing that goes into making I mean I, I can't imagine the work that, that that would have to go into producing one of these things um I believe FGIA has uh produced, uh, templates for some glass products how useful they are i have no idea um but i believe they produce some kind of templates to say hey here's how you make your lca for right. a for a for a a, a window a, a commercial uh, an aluminum window right you know? and 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 you just you know you can fill in the blanks as long as you can find the numbers but then again how do you find the numbers what I, i'm going to call up the bauxite mine in china and 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 get it, it, like like find out where the aluminum can like how, how how much ga- how much da- how much diesel did you use digging that aluminum out of the ground? Like yeah. what? You know, I, I'm sure it doesn't go down to that level, but I, it, oh, no, but it does though. It does, and, oh. and so like 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 a good example is are these e vehicles, which again I have no problem with. I want one myself, but if you if you if you 
trust some of the counter uh, opinions, which sometimes there's some validity to them. You know, apparently there is a lot of diesel that is burned in the mining of them. So, you know, there there is validity to this and it would be, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking, wouldn't it be ironic if, if really monolithic single pane windows were... <laughs> We've been doing this for the last 30 years. Just God, I'm telling you, man, this is my thing. This has been my thing. I've been going, what if they go to insulated glass? What if they look, they look at triples? They look at insulated glass. They go, you know what? Jeez. And, and especially laminate, you know, I'm making all that PVB and all, and all that, all the sealant and, and running those machines, running the machines to make it and, and, and shipping it around more times. And, oh my God. It, it really, really, we were better off when we just had a single sheet of glass come straight from Guardian or wherever and just wet glaze that sucker in there. <laughs> so, I mean, here, here's another one on that uh, note is um, so Vancouver, and I'm pretty sure most of Canada is considered to be a cold climate zone. So, for all intents and purposes, for uh, modeling and for energy efficiency, we're considered to be cold. So we want to increase our thermal heat gain mm. so that we're warmer in the winter. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. we've had a couple excruciating summers. You and, have. Yeah. Two years ago, we had the heat dome, which was hell. It was honestly hell. Hell. <laughs> and, um, and so my air conditioner couldn't heat, keep up. Uh, we've got new windows, new insulation, new roof, and uh, and and it was it was absolutely brutal. So the thing is, is like we're building right now towards a cold climate uh, zone, and as as climate change happens, and I am a believer in climate change, it actually does scare the hell out of me in a lot of different ways, and so. So as, as Vancouver is warming up, it's not like that today, uh, but it, as it's warming up, you know, are we building to seal in the heat? And then 20 years from now, is that going to be a mistake? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, well, and I, I think the numbers back it up is the, is the share of, uh, you know, the, the share of energy that's used for, for cooling in, in Canada just keeps rising and rising and rising and rising. Right. And 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 as a as a as a percentage of the heat and 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 it it, it yeah the, the the we're we're absolutely you have to you have to watch it uh, uh, uh on the on the heat gain thing which which I think is where you know a lot of people have had some frustration with some of the some of the targets that 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 NRCAN and Energy Star and places like that put out and the, you know the use of things like ER and. Uh, for for energy ratings to that that have solar heat gain sort of assumed into them, um, and and you know it it again I think it still works in most applications, but um, it, uh, it it's something we gotta it's something we gotta look at because I I I believe for the same area cooling is more energy expensive than heating. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm pretty sure as well. I'm sure it is. So yeah, I mean, and, and this is the, some of the questions that are out there. Uh, but evidently, you know, this is the way BC is is marching forward, uh, fast and furiously on this. And so, uh, in my next uh, article in Glass Canada magazine, I'm covering the FGIA conference here in Vancouver, ah. and and we discussed the, at length uh, the step code. And honestly, I felt. I felt bad for all the window manufacturers in the in the room, especially the independent ones. Not so much the um, the the national and, and international ones. They have deep pockets and lots of resources. But the the um, the smaller independent uh, manufacturers that need to have people like literally every window being modeled. I just I I. I, I don't know how that can possibly be done. And then of course they need to meet meet the targets as well. Um, so you have, you have two sort of, um, challenges. Well, you have more than two, but, um, you know, you have to, first of all, build a window that's going to meet that, that, that's that code. And then you have to model it to prove that it meets the code. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's a challenge, but again, 
if 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 and I'm putting the trust out there that the authorities in charge and uh and you know the whole movement of course there it's not just the authorities in charge there is a bigger green movement uh mm-hmm. that we can't deny you know that heat dome and the forest fires and, and everything else there is there's but as long as we're moving in the right direction and we're making the right calls, uh, because you know, again, as they as they one at one point in time they thought single pane annealed monolithic was a good idea, and you know, again, well, I want to take I want to take your point uh, about the little guy uh, because uh, and this is the, this is where hey, little guy, independent guy, single shop, single store, wherever you are in Canada, listening to this right now. Um, get out there right now and get to your association, whoever it is, uh, uh, and, 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 and FGIA, Fenestration Canada, anybody, uh, call Rich, he'll hook you up, uh, and, and call Rich and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and get involved because, because (laughs) what Rich just said, the big shops have resources. Changes to the codes don't bother them that much. Having to test a hundred new models is absorbable to them. I know they hate it too, but 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 it, it, they can absorb it, right? You maybe can't when when you're running your floor as hard as you can just to meet the orders that you have. What time do you have to make a, a ten prototypes? And and what money do you have to take them to the test lab? You know what I'm saying? Like 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 th- this this is you know th- this is how it is, and 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 there is. And I, I wish I had Mike Bruno from Everlast on here, who is now the president of Fenestration Canada. because uh, 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 he's he's always been passionate on this. Uh, I mean I mean if if the if the small independent shops don't get together, and 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 have a voice about about hey you know what. You want to save you want to save the planet and 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 make green standards. That's that's great, but we need help. We can't we can't be you know we can't be left to to, to take the entire burden of everything that needs to happen with these uh, with these design changes, right? So, right. And so I'd argue even that uh, that the larger companies actually prefer it when the um, codes. Oh, you went bit. there. You're going there. Okay. Yeah, because right. they, yeah, they, they, because they can hit it. They do yeah. hit it. They have the resources to hit it, and it squeezes the smaller guys out, and mm-hmm. and it, it provides less, less of a pie, um, and their pie actually increases as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough. I um I really feel for uh, the independents these days. Um, and 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 wholeheartedly agree with you. The the best strategy that you could do going forward would be to get involved with your local um, association and and look at what resources, whether it's pooling resources or or what have you. There's there's got to be some sort of option so you're not just thrown. Well, to it's the a world. cohesive voice. Like 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 it, when when I sit here when I sit here as a, as as a company owner and write a stern letter to um somebody in the government that that's that's one person that's that's it, it doesn't matter who i am it's 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 one it's one voice right yeah. and 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 they don't they don't care uh the, the, you know um what what the what the government people uh uh really prefer to deal with are organized organizations yeah. that uh that that take a, a position and and you know lay out the whole industry position um, so they're always going to prefer uh, hearing from an association uh, as long as it's got a, a name and a logo and is duly constituted, whatever. Uh, they they that, that's that's who they want to talk to and that's who they want to deal with because they want to have some confidence that they're not just dealing with a singular crank uh, who has an axe to grind. Um, so that's you know that's where you're gonna that 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 that's why that's why that's so important in terms of an advocacy. And advocacy is is so important, and so it's not just the advocacy though. It is on. It is also just shared knowledge and sharing best right. practices with, with each other, so that you are, you know, so that you you know where to go to and 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 who you can call on. Um, and and like like I was mentioned earlier with the contracts and just just best practices there, and and so there's there's so much opportunity that. 
I think right now a lot of them are overwhelmed and um, are just trying to survive. And they give you they give you free stuff. I had Jason Neal from Sodak on the on the uh, residential fenestration podcast uh, uh, last week, and um, and he's you know he's got uh, uh, Phil Lewin, uh, who is a, a guy who has forgotten more. Uh, than most of us will ever know about about window and door manufacturing and and just a, a great guy very articulate and 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 he's their technical director and and well to be honest you probably don't even have to be a SODAC member but I mean I mean you know you 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 can absolutely reach out to Phil and get great advice and all the knowledge on, on you know what I mean right and same with same with Terry and Al at, at Fenestration Canada and and same with all the good Amy uh, uh, FGIA and you know you know what I mean like 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 these are there's help there out. there's help out there yeah there's help there's 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 help there so so uh, anyways that's you know we 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 love we love associations we think they do good work and uh, I, uh, I I've always been a little I've always been a little mystified at how difficult it has been to really get a national commercial thing going in this country. Um, but I, I guess I understand a bit of that though, because most of the regulatory action is at the provincial level, especially on commercial. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it, you know, it, a lot of people probably feel like their provincial association is good enough, which is great. Uh, you know, love them too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll, you'll remember I was involved with the, uh, the, uh, Canadian glass association, rest in peace. I do, I do, uh, uh, have a soft spot, a spot, uh, for the CGA, um, yeah. but you know, you never know. I mean, uh, 2023, there's lots going on. Who knows how that's all going to play out? Um, there's been lots of action on all of those fronts, uh, lately. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, I think we're all going to be watching the news going forward. Well, what, what else was in the news this year, pal? We had, um, now we had a, uh, a union contract negotiated here in Ontario. Uh, IUPAT uh, yeah. did end up striking for the first time in a long time for uh for a few weeks right. um and uh and it was it was it was kind of an interesting one because um the leadership had negotiated a deal that was rejected by the membership and they voted uh, to 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 go out even though they had a they had a deal that leadership was recommending uh and uh, as i said in my note to you uh, social media was involved uh, there was a bit of an insurrection there against the uh, against against how things usually go. What's the um, what's the status in BC? Do you know, Rich? Have uh, have they have they did they have a contract this year as well? Or so in general, I'm not sure specifically about the Glazers, but in general, um, labor has been um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there has not been any real labor unrest everything okay. is there's been a lot of contracts that have been signed uh we had a little bit of a blip with the bc um uh government workers um and that that was resolved after a couple of weeks and so yeah it's been there's been a lot of um uh contracts that have been that have been uh, finalized and, and yeah things are actually looking pretty good uh here in bc on that front uh again you know, yeah, there there could be more going on that I'm not aware of, but from the sounds of it, I think Ontario had a had an especially uh, there was kind of an acrimonious situation there. There, there was a lot of, um, well, it was funny, the the dissatisfaction and the upset ran sort of both ways during COVID. Uh, you had uh, people in the union that were uh, very upset that they were being sent to work, uh, in, yeah. in, you know, in 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 COVID, um, and then you had people uh, in the unions. Who were very upset that they were not allowed to work, or or not, or had to, or had to wear masks, or had to get vaccinated uh, in COVID, and so basically everyone was mad. Uh, yeah, that's twenty twenty two for you, though. Everybody's pissed off, and yeah. uh, nobody's getting along. I think that's that's the new norm. No, uh, I hope not. No, so so I had a so here's a good analogy as well. Is is um. I just had a meeting this morning uh, with uh, um, a company that's looking to recruit glazers, of course. Right. And so in this company, you have, uh, you know, you have boomers, Gen Xers, you got millennials, you got uh, Gen Y, Gen Z, all in the same company. You have what? How many is that? It's like five different generations all working. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. If you like, Boomer, Gen X, that's me. 
uh yeah millennial gen y gen y that's five wait a minute are we even are gen z's yeah i guess they're old enough to yeah some of them yeah yeah you're right oh my god so so like that's a complicated uh situation is that you have managers and um employees and you might have uh managers that's that's younger than you or you know there's all sorts of different uh situations there and, and that that's a you know um an issue that we really haven't had to deal with at least in my career i've had to deal with you know some boomers and gen xers and that was basically it i had two yeah. generations I had to deal with and so so, you know, moving forward, uh, communicating and everybody's got different values. And this is to your point about, you know, uh, you can't you, when you have one group that is pissed off about having to go to the site and wear a mask and another one that it doesn't want to go to the site or does want to wear a mask. When you have so many different groups together um, and of course, you know, we have a quite a diverse workforce these days as well. So you got different cultures and different languages and and religious beliefs. And, and you know, so you got different ages. It's it's a. Uh, it is complicated. So this is where I like working remotely. Uh, <laughs> enjoyed it, you know, 15 yeah. years now. This, I've been doing it 15 years, and wow. uh, I, I. But I look at this stuff, and I'm, and I actually think that I made the right choice because. Well, we're not we're not going to be able to train our. I I think it's become clear we're we're, we're not going to be able to train our way out of this labor shortage. I'm afraid. Um, it, it it's just not uh really going to happen. Uh, I, I, we need the training programs. We need the outreach to high school students and the encouragement of the industry and all that stuff that hasn't gone on, I, I think, for so long, um, but um, or, or to the extent that it should. Um, but uh, we're not going to train our way out of it. So we have to immigrate our way out of it. There's there's yep. there's there's absolute I, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that uh, that that it's just going to rely. And, and what has to happen and maybe hasn't happened is is um you know the 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 point system for immigration and who's allowed to to come to to come and work um is uh is set at the federal level and and they target the industries that they that they want to let people in right and you know it's been pretty software engineer heavy for a right. long time right uh, uh, professional stem cell, uh, or stem cell, st stem, stem, uh, uh, professions, uh, right. all of that kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, that, 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 that's great. We want those people. They, they, they make a lot of money. Uh, but, uh, but what about trades? Like, yeah. like what about, what, what about, what about allowing some more trades in? Right. Uh, um, uh, how, how awesome would it be if the people in our, business uh you know had access to to you know i, I don't know wherever i uh indian glaciers yeah uh, you we, know we we definitely need i i tend to i mean i 100 percent agree is uh we need immigration that's the oh, that's our and and we are i mean you can see i think that they they ramped up a huge number for next year yeah. um and 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 uh to your point i am not sure of the mix I hope that some of them will be, uh, you know, in that sort of labor uh, area because it is true. That's what really what we need at the moment. Uh, everybody's screaming for it, and then long term, what I'm hearing and seeing, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but uh, is is automation and and robotics, um, and and you know that's not going to happen overnight. But they are doing some amazing things, and so. You know, uh, you never know. You never know. Um, I want that spider clean just climbing up the side of the building by itself with the glass on its back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, well, yeah. Assembling is that's 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 one thing. But yeah. And, the, you know, and, and, and in Canada, particularly and a lot of a lot of economists have noted it for a long time. Um, you know, we, we don't automate uh, to the extent that other places do. And we don't invest in, in even 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 sort of better higher productive machinery in our shops um to the extent that other places do there's still a hell of a lot going on by hand yeah uh, and, and, and we're super high pay, uh, paid and, yeah. and we don't like to work very hard yeah 
So that's true. That's true. And this is know. why uh, uh, crop picking and, and fruit picking and everything, we, we have to import uh, labor because we don't want to do it. And, um, and which I, you know, I wouldn't do it either, but at the same time, you know, I paid my dues and, uh, I think that that's, that's part of it right now. I just had a meeting earlier and same thing. People want to skip through the learning process and go straight to being the manager or the director. And, uh, and that's part of where we are today is, 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 um, just getting ex people's expectations back to where, what, you know, how do you become well-rounded and educated and experienced? Well, by doing things and by working yeah. for 10 or 15 or 20 years. That's and you can make a piss pot full of money yeah. in the trades. Oh my God. You're, yeah. this is, this is, uh, this is something, uh, especially while you're young, uh, go do it because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to make out like a bandit. So I'll tell you, up in up in Anmore, which is 15 minutes away from our house, it's a beautiful area with all these mansions and everything else. And you drive through there, and I'm sure 15, 20 years ago, it was all lawyers and company uh, yeah, business owners and whatnot. But now you drive through, and you see the house, the the cars, and they're not cars; they're vans parked outside. Home builder, plumber, <laughs> uh, carpenter. These guys that are that own these mansions are trades company owners. And oh, Tony's Tony's truck and ladder. Totally, hundred percent. Tony's truck and ladder has a mansion in the in the in the, they in do. the, in the hills. They honestly do. They, no, they honestly it's do. not. You, you are you are not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I had I had a note down here about uh, about about a Walmart fulfillment center. Um, that that was really just a jumping off point to 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 my well well one thing I I, I remember thinking during all during COVID was, uh, uh, geez, uh, warehousing is going to be a a nice uh, a nice little business uh, niche for uh, for anybody uh, uh, wanting to get into that. How is uh, how how is uh, commercial real estate in your neck of the woods, uh, uh, Rich? Uh, do, do you uh, do do we see? um a uh, uh, stagnation there i th i think toronto and southern ontario is is kind of uh nah, not not great uh, again unless you're making warehouses uh so, what's it look like out there i mean there's there's activity going on for sure uh one of my customers recently finished a walmart distribution center here in vancouver uh and it was uh, i believe they used passive house uh, windows on that cool um, but you know, in a, in a, um, in a, uh, warehouse like that, they're not still not using a ton of windows yeah. uh, and, and, you know, but they're, they are going up. I mean, the Amazons, there's Amazon distribution centers going up everywhere. It's everywhere. more than they used to be though. They, a lot of them have a big glass facade on them. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, but you know, typically it's in the front in the offices right. or, uh, you know, they have some celestial windows up in the top um but um you know it 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 is growing for sure and uh, you know I'm, i as you know i do the print fulfillment and drop shipping and whatnot and it, it's it's growing uh uh 100 um in vancouver as you're aware our real estate prices are outrageous um but from what i understand what they're doing is they're actually repurposing a lot of these old warehouses as well so and and like amazon is is actually leasing them and you think that they own them but apparently they lease a lot of them don't come after me amazon i'm just a small guy <laughs> yeah they they um and and a lot of the old malls and the shopping centers and i and 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 then and I think even some sometimes office space uh, that they can't uh, lease now that people are working from home uh, that's becoming storage in some uh, in some areas or at least out out here it has in some instances. So uh, in Vancouver, what we're doing is they got they got uh, two significant ones that I'm thinking of. One's Coquitlam Center, which is uh, where I live nearby, and the other one's Lowheed Town Center. Not oh, and then and then uh, Brentwood. So. These old shopping town areas, they've built up with the SkyTrain, linking it to downtown Vancouver. And now what they're doing is they're rivaling, rival, rivaling downtown. Uh, Brentwood, oh. when you drive by Brentwood, I've taken a few videos. I've been meaning to post them on LinkedIn. You are honestly driving by a sea of cranes 
for probably five or ten minutes. A huh. sea of cranes, and and the the height of these buildings rival downtown Vancouver. So they've they've done that at Brentwood. They're just wrapping that up now. Um, they're doing it at Lowheed, which is probably another twenty minutes from there. And then yeah, the, the next plan is to do it in my neck of the woods. So you know you you can already see the dealerships, car dealerships in, in the, that same area. They're all being bought up, and and they're they're going to put towers in them, which is which is great. Um, it's great you know you need to put people somewhere we obviously have a short a housing housing shortage we do need to build more houses we just need to build the right ones mm. stop tearing down the low-income houses and put them up you know put them up i have no problem with tearing down a dealership and putting up a condo there but they need to stop tearing down these low-income like uh rental apartments and then putting up condos that are seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. calling that housing that's not housing yeah i mean and i like what what even is low income in vancouver anymore you know like i mean it, it it's it's ridiculous i mean well toronto's bad enough but but uh yeah and toronto has i think a little more there's a few more options not that far out of the city but i mean vancouver you run into the damn mountains and you know yeah. there's nowhere to yeah, go we're, yeah. We've got the ocean and the mountains, and it yeah. makes it, it makes it a lot more complicated. So yeah, you have the sprawl towards the uh, that heads out out east, um, which is you know it it, it is what it is. Uh, it's still a, a desirable place to live, and as we know with everything that's going on around the world, people are looking for stability and safety, and so Canada and Vancouver and Toronto and I mean in every place in between uh is is one of those destinations and and I and I see that so I I see demand in in, in these regions and at least in our hot regions are gonna stay steady uh apparently Vancouver's kind of hit the floor and and it's just it's, it's gonna start going back up again and we'll see if that if there's any water to that but um I'll be interested to see if this bizarre supply side recession, inflation, stagflation, whatever it is right now, uh, actually does prick this housing bubble that everybody has talked about for for so long. But uh, I, I don't, I don't really I think it's going. Well, I don't really think it's going to because I, I think that I think that people still want, you know, they still want the housing, and so as long that's as that's fair. the case. You, you know, it's it just you just wait for the financial conditions to get a little better and off it goes again. Right. So so uh, unemployment rate is still really low. Yeah, yeah, there's no unemployment. Yeah. So so people have jobs. And and as I say, and then they're 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 talking about bringing in an absolutely huge amount of people next year. Mm -hmm. um, so they need to live someplace that's not a recipe for a, a bubble to burst, to be honest, if anything. You're right. So, so that's good because I don't want it to burst. You know, we need we obviously it was overvalued, and and Vancouver settled down. I think we dropped about twenty five percent over what we were about a year ago, which is about right. You know, uh, in my area, which is starter houses, they're going for one point three million dollars, which is absolutely nuts. And so now I think that they are uh, well under a million, which is is where they should. Well, I think they should be even into that. Even less. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know, one point three is just silly. I can't I can't believe somebody actually paid that much for it. Well, wow, that's crazy. It is. Rich, what do you want for Christmas? I want a tattoo. I'm mm. going to Mexico. Um, I am uh that's a, a good question. I want I want peace and and yeah, uh, world peace. Somebody. It's been a hard year. My my dad passed away, my dog passed yeah. away. You know, um, yeah, but you know, with that, it's also been an amazing year uh, from from a personal and professional growth. I'm incorporated now. I've switched to QuickBooks Online. I've got my accountant doing everything, so it's been a great year. Uh, but yeah, I'm just uh, a new tattoo would be awesome. What about you? What do you want for Christmas? I don't want a damn thing. I I I I'm just I'm just I'm just getting what I'm I'm getting what people are people are giving me here. I I they they asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything. I I I have everything I want. I get to go I sit out on my deck, have a smoke. Uh uh uh, uh my waterfall is tinkling away with my happy fish uh living in my pond. Uh what can I say? Life is life is beautiful here in southern Ontario, Rich. 
uh, the, the main, the, the main, the main thing I want for Christmas is, uh, everybody to, uh, everybody decide they really need to market the living hell out of their businesses and reach a whole lot of glaciers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, hear you, I hear you there. And I, I see that too, as I say, uh, 2022 for myself being in marketing and trying to help glazers and, and suppliers, it's, it's, this has been one of my best years, uh, for a long, long time. 2021 sucked. 2022 uh, was much, much, much better. Good. And I, I really see a lot of strong things going on for, for 2023. I, I think that there's still going to be uh, a bit of a, it's not over yet. Uh, but um, from where I'm sitting, it's going to be steady. So I'm just hoping, you know, I, I wish the best to everybody else. And, and, and hopefully we can just get through the other side. I'm going to echo you all the best to everybody listening for the holidays and best of luck in 2023 in your businesses. Um, you can reach Mr. Pareko because he loves to talk to anybody in the glass business all the time at rich P at constructioncreative.com or give me a shout at 604-781-1985. Unless you're Russian, uh, then don't call. <laughs> Unless you're a bot. <laughs> If you're a bot, yeah, don't bother. Yeah. I've got I've got lots of uh, so I got to plug my website salmonsoda.com yes. where I've got lots of uh, pro glass, uh, but I have been also getting a lot of uh, hits from Moscow on my Ukraine <laughs> site, so I'm sure something's going on there. Yeah, sandandsoda.com, folks, for the 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 Christmas gift that keeps on giving for the glass person in your life. Uh, Rich has swag there. I have my Apprentice Tears mug uh, that I drink out of every day. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a nice little sideline for Rich. I don't mind plugging that Thank for you. all this great work. Rich, it's been over an hour. Great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank Merry you. Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year, everything. <laughs> and you can't see Rich, but he's got a great Christmas sweater on. So he's ready for the holidays. So we'll, uh, thanks a lot, Rich. And, uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks, Pat. appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media. Music